When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick, Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, Melissa Kirk. Andy Brant Bernard and Cassie Schrader. We will be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. After all the jacks are often in the boxes. Yeah, that's a timeless song. Great song. It's just timeless stuff. I mean, what I year was Jimmy this? Jimmy Hendrix. What year do you think this was, Tom? Uh, the Wind Prize Mary, probably 68. It, it could have been written today. Like, you'd hear this today and think it, was, it could have been written today. 
Was this on Electric Ladyland? I don't I remember. Think it was. I think it was. So that was 68, I think. I think Are You Experienced was 67. Had to think I was three years old. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, God, I got to tell you something. This is so great. Thank you again to everybody out at Hazelden. I went and did a oh, yeah, Q&A and a speech out, out at Hazelden. And there, there are people in line. We're gonna, I'm going to take a picture with everybody. They stand in line and all that stuff. And this guy comes up to me, and he, he puts his arm around me. going to take a picture. He goes, I'm a friend of L.A. Nicks. And I said, oh, God, I hate L.A. Nicks. <laughs> and he thought I was being serious. It was hilarious. Oh, God, I hate L.A. Nicks. He's like, what do you mean? He's a great guy. <laughs> I didn't get the guy's name, but he's a big fan of yours. I know that. I did find that out. So, in any case, we're just continuing to slog along in the world, and everyone hates everyone else, and we don't. Oh, my God. It's craziness out there, man. It is great, though. I don't hate anybody. I'm very happy that I don't hate anybody. I don't have time to hate anybody. No! <laughs> no, no. I think it's terrific. Like, today, basically, I, I got up today at 4.30, watched Chris Eggert on Channel 5, because he's now on at 9 o'clock on Wednesdays. Great guy. We've had him in the podcast a couple times. Really nice guy. And he, uh, here's a guy who was a damn good college basketball player, did something to his left ankle. They had to amputate his foot. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, hell what? of an amp. He, he, it's the way he injured. He had, like, chronic severe pain in his ankle right. for the rest of his life. And, it, you know, and it was causing, I think, it was causing, like, joint damage. Yeah. So they ended up just. Are we talking about Kenny George? No. No, Chris Haggard. Chris Haggard. Yeah. Shards of bone floating throughout. He's like six four, very very handsome guy. Got a great. He's the nicest guy in the world. Oh, I thought you were. You said something about a basketball player. Yeah, Chris Eggert. He was a college basketball player at Huron Huron College. Oh, none of the articles mention that. They just say mystery amputation. Huron College. Mystery amputation. Well. Not the name of the but they just—they don't even. Yeah, Her- Her- Heroin College. You <laughs> no, is it there. called Heron? Heron, baby. That's that's James. Is that Brown. the name of the college? <laughs> Heron. 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 Because that's what they call heroin in like Philly and well, Jersey. Heron. Uh, that James James uh, Brown put out an <laughs> album called King uh, Heroin. Only the album came out already printed, shipped all the stores. King Heron. Well, Heron. Oh. They call it Heron. Heron. Yeah. It's Heron, man. Yeah. Oh, you still hear it. The guys in North Minneapolis still say Heron. Do they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Mad Dad's guy said Heron. He said Heron. Yeah. That's yeah. what they call it in, in Philly, too. That's a little Heron in my pocket. Uh, he got an infection after a surgery. Well, well infection, you have no choice. You yeah. got to yeah. cut it off, man. Oh, well, well, I mean, God. he also had nine surgeries before that, yeah. spanning since he was a child. So, I mean. I was, think I'd want it gone. Yeah, something was messed up there. I guess you can just get a what, prosthetic foot and be fine. It was a below-the-knee yeah, amputation, so it's, yeah, took it's not that big a deal. No. I mean, for an amputation. If you're going to get an amputee, yeah, you want a below-the-knee. Yeah. So it worked out. He's like 6'4 in the right leg and about 5'4 in the left leg. <laughs> so it all works out in the end. Okay. No, he's a great guy. You, you <laughs> didn't give him, a, give him a prosthetic? And yeah, we're not giving you anything. Forget it. Forget it. It's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, he's, it's great having him on the show. He's a very, very nice guy, and it's a nice addition to the show because Passolt, who used to be on from 9 to 10 on Wednesdays, is now on every other Friday because he's retired. Hmm. Who is that? Jeff Passolt. Oh, really? He retired? He retired. Yeah. From, from what? 
Well, there is. <laughs> I should have taken my Zyrtec, damn it. I'm starting coughing again. Uh, I know. I don't know what the hell's in the air, but it's been horrible. Oh, no, it's, it's grass. Oh, everything's in the air. Trust me. He said the ragweed is early this year. Like it's love. probably from all the rain that we've had. We've had quite a bit of rain yeah, we this have. year. We still have cotton falling from the cotton Yeah, woods. that's true. Oh, yeah. So we what's, ha- what's to... Whoops, Garrett, go ahead. Never mind. No, we have what? <laughs> it's not that interesting. Anymore. Right, well, thanks for it's one of those things now. where it was like in the moment it yeah. would have been like, but now it's built up and everything. what? And it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you calm down? Now I forgot what I was going to say anyway. So wait we had we had Friday night. Nancy had sixteen people from out of town for dinner. Oh God! From North Dakota, sixteen people, and I, I know like one of them. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 my mother-in-law <laughs> staying with us because her condo is getting new windows put in it, so she can't stay there. Oh yeah. And then Saturday, or Sunday, I had a surprise visit from a childhood friend who, who has diabetes now, and he's got some health issues, and his brother surprised him. They were driving cross-country, and they mm-hmm. came and see me, and they brought like 10 people. Oh. <laughs> so you had, you know, and both people par- and the, the first party had like eight kids. Eight, oh, like man. little kids, mm. so it was a trying weekend for me. Right. You were there all the space. They were there all weekend. <laughs> Just oh, put them well, out in Friday the night and Saturday. Oh, Friday, Saturday, or, I mean, Saturday and Sunday. That's so Saturday one life. party. Oh, I couldn't do it. I don't know how you do it. I would literally run away. I would run away. I would and never come back. A lot of people do. Get in my car and just keep driving. If I had that many kids, <laughs> I could not do it. I don't know how any parents do it. God bless you, because I couldn't do it. Well, were they all their kids? It was. Was it a blended family, or was it all? It was bl- different people. Okay. Those kids, mm. but they, and the t- the little kids were like almost satanic, like they just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just like monsters. Uh, just I was because like, that's a different climbing on everything. Oh, I wouldn't let them in the house <laughs> at all. They could not come God. in the house. They slept in the Because I could just see them just touching something, smashing it. I mean, they were, the little kids do they just grab things and pull it off the shelves. And My, I had a friend tell <laughs> me in the last well. 24 hours. He has a son who's 10 years old, and his little buddy came over to play with him, and also a 10-year-old boy, right? So apparently the kid was grabbing the dining room chairs and doing, like, pull-ups on them yeah, and you know, all yeah. this stuff, right? So my friend says to the kid, you know, there are, there are a bunch of uh, chairs in the playroom. You could go do that in there. And the kid turns to him, 10 years old, the kid turns and goes, there's a bunch of chairs in the playroom. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? You're going to come in my house. No, no, that's... But these kids were like little kids, like four and five. And, you know, I just don't want them in the house. (laughs) I just don't. So I went and rented tables and chairs and tablecloths. And I set up tables and chairs in the front yard. Got a porta potty And... Yeah, stay out there. And my neighbor supplied us with ribs. And we had... You know, all oh, Heck did? Yep, Heck, Gary rib, Heck man. gave us a bunch of ribs. Really good ribs. We had a nice meal out there and brought coolers with drinks, and very few kids got to go in the house unless they were accompanied by an adult to go good, to the bathroom. Good move. It's a good move. <laughs> I'm dropping my kids off at your No, house. you're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, not. and then you still had to watch them because now they're climbing the fence, getting in oh, with yeah. the horses. Oh, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know how anybody does it. The horses kids. will take care of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real I, I don't drop, know how anybody does it. I can't even drop my kids at uh, Nick's house, and they're 32 and 30. So what <laughs> that so, no, sorry, they're not old enough. They can't come over. It's all there is no, to it. Not unattended. Neither of them even cared 
what you said. I heard. No, probably not. I'm dealing with Zoiper. And I could see them. They were trying to we're like, not using it anymore. Oh, they were to... trying to pull the bird bath down in the yard. And, oh my god! You know, just, well. I don't know how people have kids. I mean, you hey, anybody with more than like one kid, your, your house has to be just just destroyed. Okay, oh, the carpet. Yeah, the, my carpet doesn't look the greatest. Ask <laughs> Andy Alice about that destroying the house. You know, we That's have. Why the, we're not going to have carpet? I would have a nervous breakdown. I really would. <laughs> The key to having not having your house be a disaster is not having a bunch of crap. That's like we have true. a box of toys that's this big. That's smart. That's, that's so it, it. all well, is just, just wait like until she's that's where fourteen it goes. years old. Yeah, but when oh, she's fourteen, God. she'll and don't want any of their friends. She'll over. what? She'll, she'll have. She'll make a mess. <laughs> but garbage. she'll at, ask no. Cassie. <laughs> no, I mean, so 14. when I was fourteen, I was a total slob in my own room. You were, yeah. Yes. In my own room, but then, oh my god! But then, in like shared areas, I was always respectful True. and cleaned up after myself. You and, and Andy so had the like, worst messy bedrooms in the history of the planet. Oh, right? They were. I don't know. Oh god. I think I could maybe be. Yeah, everybody at fourteen now, yeah. other, than, other and, than like you know, Erin, our cousin, had like. The, actually, but she, she had no other option. I yeah. actually have a funny story about my room messiness i do too um i think i was probably 10 i was 10 and i had the biggest room in our house because it's an old farmhouse and for some reason i got the biggest room i don't know how that worked but i never kept it clean and my it was summer and my mom was like everyone's job is this your melissa your job is to clean your room today and michael you clean the living room like that was the job for the day and my brother comes up and he sees me just playing with my toys in the middle of my room surrounded by all those piles of stuff and he goes you're not you're gonna get in trouble and i'm like i'll do it when i feel like it and he goes i'm gonna call the police on you there you go and you're gonna and he's like and i was like no you won't no you won't he did he he had friends because my brother got into trouble Oh, so he had friends, he had police friends, police friends. So he oh, called God. his police friend and asked if I, oh, he, they, they would scare me. So these two bike cops, like on bicycles, <laughs> come up to our driveway and Jesus. give me this talk because I was, I, I was so scared out of my mind that oh, I cleaned my, my room. Yeah, I bet. Well, now Alex and Andy's room are literally model rooms. They're, they're, no, they are. They're model rooms. So Nancy made them the like model rooms. Nobody uses them. I was going to say, who the, uses them? And they them? have the nicest stuff the you, you could ever put in a room in there. But nobody can use it. And nobody can use them. And they're What's like, the point of it? And they have little baskets with like water and snacks. <laughs> <laughs> that no one will ever yeah. touch. And like little notes. Little notes saying welcome. And... <laughs> I need to come. We need to go see the house. I'd be. Li- I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah, and nobody see. uses them. I do use. I do. I use your room. Okay. Yeah, I use your room because Nancy snores. So I oh yeah. Use sometimes we could all go there this weekend. And it has a nice Italian sleigh bed. Oh no! A slave bed? No, slave. 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 another slave a bed. Nice slave Italian bed. slave. Like they, nice keep, Italian they keep slave a young bed. Italian <laughs> man yeah, do great. carpentry work for them in the barn. Yeah. I, they they don't pay him. I need pizza. that right now. I need that at carpentry. Yeah. I, I need Jesus. Yeah. I need Jesus to come over. <laughs> I got to read this. And, and, and again, when I read these things now, you have to understand something. I am way, way past the, the point of getting upset or angry by these political commentaries. But this one is so far out there, it makes me laugh. 
MSNBC host Nicole Wallace has apologized for falsely saying on her show that President Donald Trump was, quote, talking about exterminating Latinos. Oh my they God. just make stuff up just to get attention. So no, See, how is that not I, actual malice? She should be fired, absolutely, for saying that. She should be fired. Then she apologized yesterday on Twitter for a comment she made on her show the day before. She tweeted that her mistake wasn't intentional and that she was sorry. Wallace was responding Ooh. to a remark by USA Today columnist Raul Reyes, who was a guest on her afternoon show. Reyes had noted that Trump has talked about an infestation through illegal immigration, and the natural conclusion is to attempt extermination. Okay, let me tell you something, dumbass. I don't think he ever said that. He said an infestation of criminals through illegal immigration. He was very specific talking about dangerous criminals, so you're lying, you dirtbag. It is interesting how easily they switch back and forth between illegal immigrants and just all Latinos. I know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But what he look, and I and I'm not in the business of defending Donald Trump. I'm not defending him at all, but that's not what he said, you lying dirtbag. But guess where he works? Raul Reyes. Where does he work? CNN. Jimmy Johns. USA Today. <laughs> He's a, he's a newspaper guy. Newspaper, n- newspaper people cannot tell the truth. They no. can't do it. They're I don't think like, news people can either. Yeah, news people can't. They're kind of like college professors. They all get along. Yeah, same story. They're all in the same boat. Honest God, he never said an is- infestation through Im- illegal immigration. He said an infestation of criminals. And he's not wrong. And he's not wrong. He absolutely is. We don't need more criminals. And by the way, I'll close with this because we've got to go in about a minute. But this is my favorite part. Mexico has threatened to sue the United States because of these seven people that were killed by the El Paso shooter. You got one problem there. Last year in Mexico, 75 Americans were murdered. That's all? Oh, that's what the, that's the ones we've counted so I'm far. I'm guessing it's more than well, that. Well, yeah, of so course. So here's what I love. You're at seven, which God bless you. It's horrible what happened. I'm not saying that at all. But you threatened to sue us, and you killed... Almost 11 times more people in your country. I think 35 were killed in Chicago this weekend. Uh, killed. Killed? Yeah, killed. Because last weekend it was like 7 or 8. No, it's 30-some this weekend. 30-some this weekend. Absolutely. <clears throat> and actually it's interesting you bring that up because another person brought that up. Oh, Ivanka Trump, Trump brought that up to the mayor of Chicago. And now the mayor of Chicago is going after Ivanka Trump saying she's way out of line. <laughs> 35 people are dead. I mean, that's more than anything. You know, it's a lot. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, uh, as Rodney King once said, <laughs> why can't we all just get along? That's all I'm saying. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me. 
And it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello. Miguel Brion. What's up? They call him Miguel, Miguel Brion. Good. We were just talking about the fact that uh, somebody just walked in here about to sit down, put their headphones on. I, I can't tell you it is, but we were just talking about. Um, oh dear. Michael Daisy, Bryan. Do you mind? Oh. That's got, my lunch. She got ma'am. right in your bag. That's my lunch, ma'am. Daisy. God. Michael, is it true you were calling for the extermination of Latinos? <laughs> no. Again? No. Not this week. I just love these quotes in the news. We're just laughing about because you don't even, you can't even get upset about them anymore. Well, the good. lies that people tell, it's like that's not what happened well, now at nobody, all. Now nobody believes anything. Well, that's pretty much true. That's, that's what's sad. going on. It's just like, ah, that's fake. Well, I'm know? glad you made it in. You, I, you didn't know if you could make it in or not. Something happened, and I was able to make it in, so it worked out good. What, did you get fired? No. <laughs> <laughs> I fired myself. I had, that I, long fired. Talk, I had that long talk in the mirror that's long coming. You know, Michael, you're out. <laughs> Administrative leave. <laughs> Administrative leave. <laughs> No, we were just talking about how, how apparently the news cannot tell the truth. They just can't do it. National news, television, radio, newspapers, all the rest of it. And I, I, I'm, I think I might be the only guy in America being honest about it. The reason is because television news, newspapers, and radio news are going away. They'll That's be, probably true. It'll yeah. be gone in the next seven years, well, probably you, at the end you, of my career. Look at, well, at the end of my career, it's definitely <laughs> over. <laughs> what's what's that? Tw- 10, 12 years? No, but maybe I don't know. Seven, maybe. If you look at the or national two. ratings, or two. their ratings are plummeting. Oh yeah, absolutely. CNN's like twenty seventh. Well, kids are watching YouTube, and right. it's different. That's a it's different totally different pattern for them. Yeah. So they're all desperate, and that's why they're lying and making stuff up. But to try to piss you with, off and with, get your attention. With that said, though. Fox is number one news network watched in America. Uh, it was. It is. It was. No, no, it is. absolutely, no, it is. it's number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get Starkey Labs to be a host of the show so he can get hearing aids. <laughs> it's like every Wednesday you talk over me because you're a deaf Italian. No, it's not nothing to do with that. It's, <laughs> so, it's the way my brain works. When something is on my mind, if I don't say it right here's, now. Here's his brain right here. No, my brain's so big that it gets lost. <laughs> yeah, there it is. It gets lost in thoughts. If I don't say it right now, it's gone forever. I, I understand. But do you do you think that Fox is the most watched because of all of the programs that they do? Because they do way more programs than anyone else. I don't else. know. I know it's just number one watch news network in America. What. Yeah, they I'll have like tons of them. By far, if you if you put all the ratings of every other network together, it doesn't match match Fox's. Oh yeah, really? CNN yeah. is really really bad right but now. But I really I am bad. just wondering because like it seems 
that they would be because of the type because they have tons of shows right. that are different than each other and have different people. Right. Whereas CNN, yeah. I, the same only one I can saying the same thing yeah. over and over again. For CNN, the only one I can think of is like Anderson Cooper yeah. that and has Anderson, his own show. And Walt, He's a but, good guy. And Walt, 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 Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. Wolf Blitzer. But I mean, you know, they're so yeah. poor and they're so black. <laughs> why did he say that? I knew you were gonna start that one. I. Why would you say that though? I don't. <laughs> They're so poor. Is it, he, he, he did an appearance down uh, after Katrina in New Orleans, and he, on television, said... I saw it. Yeah. I saw they're it. so poor and they're so black. Well, are they black enough for you, or are they not quite black enough? What the hell kind of thing is that to say, you kraut? Another, another note, yeah. you see the spaghetti factory's closing. <laughs> the old spaghetti factory's closing. Downtown on Washington? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Wow. 50 today. years. What? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, it's going to be pinstripes in Bowling Alley. Huh. Oh, it is. Oh, oh is it? There's one yeah. in Edina. Yeah, it's going to be pinstripes. Pinstripes is cool. A friend that was married there. Andy I always watched. Somebody got married. She wasn't. It was, that was her reception. I was going to say. It was at pinstripes. <laughs> a lot of people actually get married down there because it's right next to Centennial, Centennial Lake. Yeah. So yeah. they get married at the lake area yeah, the and then they have the reception. Yeah, I, got married I always Harbor. wondered when I drove by Old Spaghetti Factory how it was still in business. Right. It's a great place. 50 years. Yeah, I ate there once. It was all right. In 50 years, I ate there once. I ate there a number of times. I like, yeah, I like that place. Yeah, we used, to, too. Cool. we used to go there all the time as when oh, I was yeah. a kid. And it was like a fancy place then. There's like a place. You dressed up. There's, there's a, a place. place. And now there's you don't place, dress up. <laughs> there's a place like a half a block away called the Sanctuary. Yeah, I love that, that place. place. Amazing place. I love yeah. that place. Amazing Catherine place. and I go there all the time. Yeah, that guy is great. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a yeah, great he guy. He's a really good guy. And his food is phenomenal. I agree completely. Phenomenal. Catherine and I haven't been there in a while. We're going to have to get down there. That's that's a meal there. It is. It's yeah. a wonderful place. Yeah. No getting around it. But, yeah, that's the we got old spaghetti factories closing after 50 years. Perkins is going out of business. Yeah, Perkins is done, yeah. too. Yeah. Marie Callen is going out of business. There's a place called Carmine's going in where our Perkins was. Mm, Carmine's. Which one's your Perkins? The... Bloomington one off oh. of Normandale. I would think any independent would have a tough time with that size of piece of real estate. Yeah. The the, the monthly the monthly bills gotta yeah, be huge. Astronomical. It'd be tough to stay in business. You heard about Barney's, didn't you? No. Going out of business. Really? They're closing down the New York store. Oh, no, they're keeping the New York store open. They're closing down really? half their stores. Oh my gosh. You know what their rent is every month on Barney's New York? Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Two and a half million a month for Jeez. rent. Two and a half million a month? A month. Thirty wow. million a year. Just to be rent. someplace. No wonder why they're closing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's that's New York. Yeah. But I have a question yeah. for you. And you guys could all answer this for me. Um, Walgreens is closing two hundred drugstores. Right. Uh, Perkins going out of business. Barney's half of those are closing. Uh, 32 chains are closing in the next year. What are those tens of thousands of people going to do for a living? All those jobs are going away. They're going to go work for Amazon. I was going to say, they're going to go work in stock buildings. Um, do yeah. they need 70,000 people at Amazon? <laughs> well, well, I don't know. How, yeah, I maybe. Think, the turnover ain't so, ain't so good. A large, so a large part of them are going to, be, are going to retire. You think? Yeah, a lot of people that work in retail are older. Yeah, that's true. So you'll get, you'll get some their, some retirees. They're not counting on their Social Security because they ain't getting that. Yeah. Uh, the next year or two, they might. Next year or two, maybe, but after that, it's over. Yeah, I think you're right. As soon as Truman put it in the general fund, it was like, that. Eh. Well, I'm surprised that it actually did last 70 years. I think he did that in the like, 1950. I'm planning not to get right. it. 
What's that? I'm financially planning not to get it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Do you notice that the stores that are closing are the ones that have virtually no online presence? Yep. Which I've never understood. Yeah. If something's happening, as yeah. soon as what the hell's that cute call that I hate? The what? No, the, the online one that I hate. Daniel, what is it? You buy stuff online and you meet somebody in a parking lot. Craigslist. Oh, Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Craigslist. If I could buy the Taj Mahal for $3, I wouldn't do that. I bought one thing all my life on Craigslist. One thing. Me and, too. And Nancy emailed the guy for me, Uh-oh. and it was a Roomba. Oh, yeah. oh, you told him yeah. said this before. Get home and he sends a, sends a penis pic. <laughs> <laughs> I bought my bedside table on Craigslist. Because I made Nancy go in and get it. And then, oh, you Nancy wow, go you in threw her and under the bus. Nancy go okay. in and get it. It was in no. Minneapolis, and I didn't want the guy like L.A. Nix buying a Roomba off of Craigslist. Well, you were. I know, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Oh, stuff That's the part of the story that always makes me, my, me shake my head. <laughs> yeah, Nancy. Send a, send a penis pick to okay, Nancy. I'm going to be honest oh, with you about geez. something, and I'm very serious about this. No, for no particular reason, but I just felt this in my own head, that if I ever caught myself taking a dick pic, I would start crying. I really <laughs> would. I don't like, my get life it. is that pitiful. I don't pitiful. even get it. I don't either. What is the thrill here? But I don't, I don't get know. it at all. Like, nobody wants to see it. Plus, when you look at the picture, you go, you know, it doesn't look that great. I, <laughs> I don't start working out I don't or get something. It. <laughs> well, I don't get it. Well, in the either. animal kingdom, they call that presenting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get yeah. why any guy would You're think presenting. a girl would, would say, I mean, no. has any girl want to call the I was going to say, oh, like, do oh, you get that? Great. Come it's on like, over. Yeah, exactly. I guarantee you there are plenty of sluts in the world who have said, Oh, yeah, yeah that lots. looks great. Well, it's oh, true. Oh, oh, Someone sends oh, you a picture. Let's be honest. And you're like, yeah, come on over. <laughs> then, you know, you I got some problems. Yeah. yeah, let's be honest. Only The only kind of person that's going to be like, yeah, I like that is a slut. <laughs> I don't know if that could ever happen. How about a strumpet? <laughs> a strumpet. <laughs> is that not harsh enough? A harlot? A harlot. Yeah, a harlot. Maybe it's a harlot. God, what a word. You harlot. <laughs> really? I like some of those old words. Oh, God. Honest to God. I worked with a guy a long time ago, and don't get all pissed at me because it's his real name and it's actually how he pronounced it, and it was spelled exactly the same. I worked with a guy at Capitol Records whose name was John Faggot. Yep. F-A-G-G-O-T. Why not change it? I don't know. He, he, he didn't mind it for some reason. He just went, I don't care, whatever. You know. Yeah. Should somebody have to change their name, though, if that's well, what exactly. they've been given? That, that's like, what he thought. Yeah. Well, they I don't mean, have to, but I would. I would. I know a lot of people that were named like Ted Bundy and all, they changed their names. Well, I guess, yeah, yeah it's it true. Yeah. Charles Manson Bernard. Yep. Now we're talking. <laughs> oh, I just heard somebody's name this week and that I was like, really? That's, oh, gosh, what was it? It was one of those things where it's like, your parents, why did they do that to you? Why, oh, why? I wonder that about a lot of children today. Yeah. Like Fawn. <laughs> Bernard, Barnard. Like Fawn. Fawn. Like Poor Fawn and Sage. <laughs> Bernard, Barnard. That's a great name Bernard, right there. Bernard, Bernard. A lot of kids did get picked on because of their names. Oh, God. You oh, get yeah. picked on because of your name, no matter what your name is. I got picked on for Bernard. Barnyard. It's like their kids are always going to pick on you for something. It's like get, whatever. I didn't get picked on. Yes, you did. You no, just don't remember no, it. No, should have really done. Did. There's everybody and gets picked, picked on at and some point. I never point. picked on anyone. There wasn't a lot of that in our school either. You couldn't. I pick really on kids. Well, everybody got 
Stabbed. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> you know I'd rather be picked on for my last name than my stabbed. School, my school was very, was, first of all, it was a very segregated school, not race-wise, because we didn't have any black people or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. It was all white. But it was very segregated with jocks, the heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very segregated. Yeah, and, that's true. And I, I don't know. I got accepted by every single one of those groups. But not and the I had a friend here. in every one of them. I was that way in high school. In elementary school and junior high. Junior high, that's when people are this horrible human beings. Just like teenage girls. Yeah, and boys, too. Anybody from the age of like 13 to 15. Never, never take them away. I no interest. No problems in school. We will take a break. Be right back. Special guest up next with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Headed to Vegas, man. Uh, God, imagine, imagine being in Vegas back in those days. Oh, God, it must have been so much fun. It must have been really fun. So much fun. It's not that much fun anymore. Mm, I don't not for me, it isn't. Not me either. Well, I went there for 20 years. So, you know. What's the earliest one you were there? Uh, like that would have been 20... 28 years ago. So in the 90s? Yeah, so it would have been 91. Oh, that was late. Yeah. I was there in, in, the, eight, in the early 80s. Oh, you mean the first time I was there, I thought you meant with the show. No, no, like going to Vegas. Uh, actually, to tell you the truth, probably late 80s. Yeah. Probably late 80s. I remember flying in, it was just like a little island of lights. Oh, and yeah. Nothing yeah, else. Like, you get a this is tiny. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Zoglin, our special guest, Elvis in Vegas, how the king reinvented the Las Vegas show. How are you doing, Richard? Great. How are you? Marvelous. Nice talking to you again. We just had a wonderful time. I told Richard the very quick story, and I'll tell everybody again. When uh, I got a little success in the radio business and started making some pretty decent money, I wrote my mother a check, and I, I just, you know, just my mother and me, and I gave her a check, and I said, here, you don't have to worry about money anymore. And my mother teared up and looked at me and said, don't die like Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. On the toilet. Uh, yeah, yeah, Richard. Elvis Presley and Tom Bernard. Same, same. Uh, to my mother, anyway, I guess. God. Wow. 
That's the only word for that as well. So I like Richard, you're right. The only word for that is wow. Yeah. <laughs> the story of how Las Vegas saved Elvis and Elvis saved Las Vegas in the greatest musical comeback of all time. Richard, it's a great, great story. Wonderful story. Yeah, I wanted to uh, kind of tell the story and not uh, sort of redeem Elvis a little bit from the um, image of Elvis as the kind of overweight, white suit wearing guy who was kind of going downhill in Vegas. Is, is That's the image that most, many people right. have of him. But right. I wanted to remind people that boy at the beginning when he made his big comeback in 69 at the International Hotel in Las Vegas he was the greatest live performer in the world really that was a great great show it it not only you know revitalized his career but i think it changed vegas you know what i love about richard uh, about elvis presley richard is the fact that uh, as a kid who grew up very poor himself and it happened when i was you know 3 years old or something so i don't remember the very beginning but Elvis changed the United States forever. He not only changed music, he changed the entire country. Because I, I do remember Elvis was the first guy that was honest about growing up a really, really poor kid. Everybody kind of hid that before him. If they grew up that dirt poor, they didn't really want to talk about it much. You know, maybe in country music they did, but not in, not in pop music. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. He got, you know, he, he did change the, he changed music and he changed yep. the whole culture when you think yep. about it. Back in the mid-50s when he came up, before Elvis, everybody was listening to the same music, the sort of hit parade tunes and yeah. show tunes and everything, the mainstream music. After Elvis, when Elvis changed things, then suddenly there were two audiences. There were the adults who were listening to those old mainstream hits. And then there were the, and the kids listening to this newfangled music called rock and roll. Elvis, you know, made that split in the culture that you know got a lot uh, more, uh, got worse in the '60s. That <laughs> the split got uh, more ex- extreme. Yeah, I. I but, uh, but I do remember as a yeah, little, little tiny boy. I do remember uh, them talking about how he he came from family with no money. And then I remember about two years after that, I'm like seven years old, and all of a sudden you'd hear everybody. Yeah, I came from a very poor family. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to be from a poor family. I do remember yeah. that. But, you know, also that's important because he was facing, imagine the kind of fame that he was facing, oh. the screaming girls, the craziness oh. that he created oh. around, around the country when he was doing concerts. That was something new and, and, and really difficult, I, I would say, for some kid from Tupelo to, to deal with. And, and I, I really admire the way he, he, he dealt with it. That was one of the reasons he surrounded himself with uh, the Memphis Mafia, the, the, the guys, his friends from, from high school, uh, old friends. He needed a support system. Uh, he needed a way to deal with that fame. These were guys that he could, he could talk to, he could be honest with, he could relax with. So, um, you know, that, that, that was, uh, you, you think about it. A kid from Tupelo, a poor kid, yeah. uh, suddenly being immersed in this kind of unbelievable fame. You know, must have been tough for him to handle. I don't think there's any question. Richard, do you think as as famous as he got, and later on you could talk about the Michael Jacksons of the world, as famous and as big as he got, there was no way he was going to live a full life. A human being can't take that much pressure in his own head to live a full life, I don't think. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, what I like to say is that I'm surprised that Elvis remained as sane as he did yeah. for as long as he did. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, near the end there, I mean, the drugs, and, and he was just, uh, 
jumping out of his skin with boredom and 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 uh you know uh it was sad but uh he had a uh, maybe it was, you know, impossible for him to have a full life. I don't it, know. I think it was, Richard, because you think about it, you know, the, the average guy goes out there and he finds maybe the love of his life and he's attracted, this, this this pretty young girl's attracted to him and they grow and they eventually get married. Well, every pretty little girl was in love with Elvis Presley. Can you imagine the kind of pressure yeah, well, that, I can't even, I can't even live that, that dream of finding that one perfect woman, uh, you know, a teenage girl right. or a woman or whatever, depending on how old you are, he never saw the joy in that. He never experienced it. Yeah. And there's very yeah, few people yeah. in the history of the, of our society that are global celebrities, global in every country in the world. Yep, they're very, true. very, very few. Yep. I travel. I know yeah, you people know, never <clears throat> heard of our celebrities. Yep. Yeah. There's Kim a story Kardashian. I tell in the book about, you know, the Beatles met, Elvis one time and the Beatles were obviously the big thing in the mid 60s Elvis was kind of considered over the hill Elvis liked the Beatles but he was a little envious of, of them sure. but the Beatles wanted to meet Elvis and they did one day they, they kind of orchestrated a meeting with him when they were in LA on one of their US tours they came by his house all four Beatles Elvis was there with his whole entourage wow. they had an evening together it was kind of an awkward evening uh, they did a little jamming together and so forth, but it, it you know, it was a little awkward. <clears throat> Excuse me. And at the end of the evening when they left, Elvis turned to one of his friends and he said, you know, there's four of them. There's only one of me. Yep. Hmm. And, you know, that's a really interesting statement. I mean, he, the Beatles faced the same kind of craziness and, you know, adulation that Elvis had, mm-hmm. but they had each other to sort of, uh, you know, go through it with. They had a support system within the group. Uh, Elvis was doing it on his own. Wasn't Elvis uh, pretty good so, friends with Johnny Cash? I, they were friends. They were, I don't think they were particularly close friends. Oh, I, don't know. I, I heard Johnny Cash speak about him a lot and said, you know, they were... They were a lot of people were friends with Elvis. You know, in, in, he, Elvis was very generous to other performers, appreciated other performers, went to see their shows. When he was in Las Vegas, he would always go see other performers. And, uh, you know, I think he was he was friends with, uh, you know, a lot of those guys. And uh, and they all liked him. You know, Elvis was popular. He was a... Well, he seemed he like a nice guy. A, yeah. He was part yeah, of the... he was. He really was. And that's why I say, for someone to go through that kind of fame and still remain pretty down to earth and... He was, you know, he, he listened to people. He was a, a, a reader. He was uh, generous with friends. You know, he gave away cars and stuff. He was, he was a nice guy. Last time I talked to you, Richard, I talked about my friend Steve Hatley, who unfortunately died in a motorcycle accident, but he was working at WHBQ in Memphis. Elvis rolled up on a brand-new motorcycle. My friend Steve said, my God, it's beautiful. And Elvis said, do you want it? Oh, wow. How cool is yeah. that? Oh. He said, you I, heard, I heard lots of stories like that. Yeah, yeah. I, bet you yeah. I think you get to a certain point where that's the only enjoyment you would get is giving people stuff. Yeah, because I think that's, that's, very that's why I like all so L.A. Nick's motorcycle pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're um, waiting for him to give you one? <laughs> hey, you want, yeah, you want it? Um, I, why do you think it happened at that particular time? The separation uh, happened after World War II, which is kind of interesting. As you said, everybody before then kind of listened. Everybody listened to the same thing, and then just what uh, turned out to be what not quite ten years after the end of World War II, that all changed because of Elvis Presley. Why, why do you think it was so soon after 
I guess it was well. I guess it's probably the baby boom. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. there were kids. There was a youth culture, right? And I, I just wasn't the same before. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I haven't. I'm not a sociologist, so I don't really know why at that point um, something. You know, sometimes it's maybe one personality, Elvis Presley. Yeah. There were, of course, others. Elvis was not the only, you know, uh, uh, rock and roller, but he was the guy who brought it to uh, the broad, you know, mass audience, and he was the guy. You know, I think he was, you could say, the most significant musical uh, artist of the century, uh, just for that, that, that split that he created in the culture. Was yeah. James Brown yeah. out at the same time? Not in the early 50s. No, later. Mid fifties, a little bit later, but yeah, uh, bit you know later. all those guys, and there were people before Elvis a little bit, you know Fats Domino or yeah, uh, yeah. you know Chuck Berry around the same Chuck time, Barry, yeah. and they were all yeah, Chuck important too. Well. And Elvis, yeah. yeah, and Elvis sort of learned from them, uh, but and credited them. Fats Domino he loved. Fats Domino came to his um, that Vegas comeback show in '69. Mm, Fats yep. Domino was there <laughs> doing a, a lounge show on the Strip. And, um, you know, Elvis loved Fats Domino. No, who didn't love Fats Domino? But do you think it's a coincidence, you know, just popped into my head just now, Richard, while you were talking, that basically 1954, 1953, Elvis broke, Marlon Brando broke, and Elizabeth Taylor broke, pretty much all at the same time, as huge that one female actor, the one male actor, the one rock and roll star... I wonder why that right after the end of the Korean War, those three all broke big. And I wonder, if, yeah, like you said, there were many, many more people because of the baby boom. But those babies were only, you know, seven yeah. years old at that time. It's true. I don't know. Good question. Uh, of course, Elvis, he first recorded in 54, 55. He was still pretty much a regional hit, you know, with yeah. Southern. Uh, and then it was at the end of 55 that RCA picked up his contract from Sun Records in Memphis. And then he broke out, and in, in he, he recorded Heartbreak Hotel in early 56. And 1956 was the big year, <laughs> the biggest year any any musician ever had, you know, because he, he was then just churning out the hits, Don't Be Cruel, uh, Hound Dog, etc. And 56 was he his first... To- Sorry, 56 was his first TV appearance, too, when Jackie Gleason Oh, yeah. And that that got him a big boost because Jackie Gleason said he has no right acting like that. And that got him some negativity, which makes you famous even more. Sure, he started doing TV, and this kid shaking his hips and, and, you know, kind of sexual, and and he was considered, you know... A bad boy, you know. Rock and rollers were identified with juvenile delinquents back then, and so uh, he was. Whoa, that this was wild stuff, and this is bad for kids, you know. And uh, of course, famously, when he went on the Ed Sullivan show, they shot him only from the waist up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's so great that that happened. I don't know, I, Richard. I consider myself to be a very lucky guy. I was born in 1951, so when this all happened, those are some of my first memories of, as I said, Marlon Brando and Elvis Presley and Elizabeth yeah. Taylor. And then all, all of a sudden, I'm just about to to reach the yeah you know, the age of 12. And then along come the Beatles when I'm 11, 12 years old. I was very, very fortunate the year I was born because my God, from a very young boy to today, I've witnessed some of the most amazing things in the world. I've been very lucky. Yeah, well, I, I'm in the same age group, and I went through the same thing, and I remember Elvis, and I remember the Beatles, and 
and uh, it's just interesting the way those two, I mean, the Beatles, too, you know, were, of course, monumental. I think it spanned a couple of generations, though, because I'm the next generation, yeah. Yeah. and it was yeah. the same right, for me. I looked at the Beatles and but Elvis. But what's interesting is Elvis today, um, you know, still everybody knows who Elvis is. Kids yeah. know who yeah. Elvis is, and uh, it's amazing how he's... And he still and he still makes about sixty million a year. Makes a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. a lot of money. I, I just I find it fascinating. The book is called Elvis in Las Vegas, or Elvis, excuse me, Elvis in Vegas: How the King Reinvented the Las Vegas Show. Books available everywhere. Richard, wonderful talking to you, sir. And and I, I just what a great topic. Brings back great. wonderful memories. Thank you, sir. Great, great to be with you. Thanks a lot. You too. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was a big part of the whole. I, I I remember all that stuff. My mother loved Elvis. My father hated him. Elvis didn't turn people the way the Beatles did. Yes, <laughs> there was an attorney. I forget his name, but he got all the rights to. He continued all the rights for all the dead artists to yeah. his families. And I think Elvis was one of his first people he did. Oh, really? And, yeah, and he he got the law changed that the family gets to keep that money forever. Yeah. And. They, they still you look up Elvis he made 60 some million dollars this year mm-hmm. I mean every year oh Michael Jackson continues to make <laughs> oh Michael Jackson's stratosphere is, Michael Jackson yeah. died 500 million dollars in debt and it's all paid off mm-hmm. yeah. wow that's yeah. amazing <laughs> a half a billion dollars yeah but you get up in that stratosphere you know, yeah you I just watched that Leaving Neverland documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't I could do never. It. I don't no. want to watch it. That's, I know it's one of those things that I'm like, nope, ignorance no, is bliss. I'm good. They just dropped the price on Neverland. Oh, they did, they? did, yeah. I saw yeah, that. They, they did just dropped the price. I want to go to Graceland with you at some point. That's Mon on my bucket Graceland. list. Graceland. FYI. You know, you have that to go to Memphis fun. to do that. I know. You ever been in Memphis? You've been in Memphis. Yeah. I've never been to Memphis. Yes, you have. We drove through Memphis well, uh, two years ago. Drove through Driving it. through Memphis is not the oh, same thing Oh, that's right. You like... weren't out of the car when that happened. You don't remember what happened there, do you? What? When we filled up at that gas station in when Memphis. When you rear-ended mom and me? No. No. <laughs> when I was pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, that's Super exactly cool. right. <laughs> remember that guy came over and talked to me because we were the only honkies in the, par- in the gas station? Yeah. He came over to me and he literally in- kind of intimated, you got one pass. Wow. <laughs> like, whoa. Okay. Well, and Memphis is... Boy, look at this. How time. far is Memphis from Nashville? Nashville. Nashville. Uh, uh, not that far. Yeah, really. it's not that far. I was uh, going to say, like, could no. we stay an it's extra like, day and do a day trip if we... Oh, no, she's going to Nashville with the KQ oh, you Morning are? Show. Well, I, Michael no, Bryant's so going, My I mom and I planned to go to Arizona. Oh, wait, we have to... It's a three-hour oh, and 14-minute drive. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it that long? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, but it's probably really under three hours because that's for candy ass. Yeah, I, no. I don't think <laughs> they say it's that far, but well, according I don't to Google Maps, it's three it's that hours. Far Is it three? Yeah. Okay. A little under three, I bet. Yeah. Uh, Alex, we don't have to worry about being on time. We're not in the radio anymore, so we don't have to worry about being right on the on the money. Oh. I did not know. Which is fantastic. We might be again in a month or two, but I'll let you know when that happens. Okay. It'll be on FM this time. I can promise you that. Yeah, AM is. We shall take a break. Be right back with the family.